In the time of John the Baptist, we find the people of God waiting. And we hear in Isaiah, O people of Zion, behold, the Lord will come to save the nations, and the Lord will make the glory of his voice heard in the joy of your heart. Behold, the Lord will come. The Savior is about to arrive, and almost no one notices him. The world goes on as usual, completely oblivious to the glory of he who has come into the world, the glory of God. Only Mary knows. So to answer the question in that, I think, all too popular song, Mary, did you know? Yes, Mary knew. Can we stop singing that song now? Mary knew that her son was destined for great things. Mary knew that it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that he came. Mary did know. And yet there are people still in Israel, still arguing about the Messiah, about when he will come. There are people still today, still wondering when the Messiah will come. There are people in Israel, then and now, who don't really care about when the Messiah will come. Our Lord comes almost as it is in secret. How similar that is to today. Christ is here, and few people know it. And we too are waiting, not for the first coming of our Lord, but for the coming of Christ at Christmas and for the second coming. Like the people of God waiting for the Savior so long ago, we too are waiting. We are in Advent, a time of waiting. During this time, the Church proposes the figure of John the Baptist for our meditation. He is the one spoken of by Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He is the prophet who foretells the coming of the Lord, and his whole life is this mission. You are the precursor. You are the final prophet. You are the one who will tell the world of the coming of the Christ. His entire life, and I mean his entire life, from his conception. While still in the womb, when Mary visits Elizabeth, he leaps for joy when he hears Mary's greeting, knowing that the mother of his Lord is near. John is called the prophet of the Most High because his mission is to go before the Lord to prepare his way, teaching the knowledge of salvation to his people. And John's entire life is determined by this mission. This is his whole vocation. His whole purpose is to prepare for Jesus a people capable of receiving the kingdom of God. Everything John does points to Jesus. John will not seek personal fulfillment in his life. He will not seek anything at all. He will not seek any possessions. He will not seek family. He seeks only to do the will of God. He's a bit of a strange person. There he is, out in the desert, with nothing to his name, eating off of the land and proclaiming to them that the Messiah is coming. And he doesn't do it because it appeals to him, but because it was for this very purpose that he was conceived. He's very much aware of his vocation, 
to tell the world of the coming of the Christ. And I think it's something we need to remember. That's what evangelization is all about. That we have found the one. We have found the Christ. And we must tell others. It's all about forgetting oneself and fostering a true concern for others. John was to carry out his task to the full, even to the extent of giving up his life in fulfillment of his vocation. And people followed John because he proclaimed the, the incredible truth of the gospel so boldly, in word and in deed. My dad said to me just two days ago, we were in the car, and dad's a talkative fella, even more talkative than his son, and he said, Bob, my, my prayer for you is that you become the type of saint who lives and preaches the gospel so boldly that people will follow Christ. They'll say, I want to be where that guy is because that's where Christ is. Would that it were, that we would be those types of saints, and those types of saints exist, brothers and sisters. The saint John Paul II, the Mother Teresa's of Calcutta's, the Jose Maria Escrivas of this world, who so boldly proclaimed the, the coming of Christ that people dropped everything and followed them, and by following them, followed Christ. Would that it be that we could bring others to Christ. That is our mission. Remember, we've been baptized into Christ as priest, prophet, and king. And we spoke of the kingship of Christ, the kingship of being a, a member of his family a few weeks ago. But tonight, we're speaking of being a prophet of the Most High, taking John the Baptist as an example, taking the saints as our examples. May many come to know Jesus through us. God makes the conversion of many children of Israel dependent on John's response, John's work and preaching. And he makes the conversion of many souls dependent on our response. In his own place and circumstance, each person has been given a vocation. And no matter what that vocation may be, be it in the midst of a family, in the midst of the world, be it as a religious, be it as a priest, we all have that same prophetic vocation to bring many souls to Christ to proclaim him in and out of season. Many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God intends. Do we bring the people around us closer to God? And how might we do that? First, in prayer. Second, in living joyful Christian lives, particularly when it's darkest when the world seems darkest, to live that joy of being a Christian, to live the joy of knowing Christ. And he will draw many souls to him. So tonight, let us ask that the prophetic mission given to us at baptism is renewed, that many souls may come to know Jesus through us. Amen.
morning. The following announcements are called to your attention. Our poor box donations this week benefit the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen. Today's special collection is for the Retirement Fund for Men and Women Religious. If you have obtained a Christmas Mass ticket, please remember to bring your tickets with you to all Masses in the church. Please call the rectory with questions. Confessions will be available on this Sunday and next Sunday following the 8, 10, and noon Masses. The 2021 calendars are available at the doors in the church. Beginning on Thursday, all Masses will be held in the gym until the pews are installed in the church. Please enter the parish center on the school side. Today we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent. John witnesses to one who is to come, one far mightier than he, one who will proclaim freedom and deliverance from sin and death. As we await his coming again in glory, let us join with Mary in the singing the praises of God. The Mass intention for this Mass is for Jacinto Perez and Santano Gonzalez. Our celebrant today is Father Kilmer. Please stand.
us pray. Oh God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's nativity, enable us to pray to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. I rejoice heartily in the Lord in my God is the joy of my soul, for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. The response is, my soul rejoices in my God. My soul, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test, <clears throat> test everything, retain what is good, Refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will also accomplish it. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted, and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you, so we can give and answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, or Elijah, or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is already Gaudete Sunday. As a kid, it seemed like Gaudete Sunday would never come because it seemed like Christmas would never come because we were anticipating it so much. Uh, as a priest, it's a bit different. Advent seems to fly by as we make our way towards Christmas, as we make our way towards the great feast, one of the two great feasts of our year. But today, we get a little bit of a reprieve from our time of penance, our time of preparation for the coming of our Lord at Christmas on Gaudete Sunday, Joy Sunday. Now, there is, an always, there is always an occasion to rejoice in God. Joy, by its nature, doesn't come and go. Joy is an abiding thing. Isaiah proclaims, I rejoice heartily in the Lord, and my God is the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice. These are eternal gifts. These are gifts that do not pass away. This robe of salvation, this mantle of justice. We rejoice in God for all the things he has done and does for us. He has chosen to dwell in us since baptism. What else is there? What else lasts as God lasts? Who else has thought of me and loved me for all eternity? Who else has given up his son to death that I might live? Who else loves us so much that he gives himself to us, not in a symbol, not in a token, but truly, in reality, in the Eucharist? What can possibly shake the joy of someone who knows that they are a child of God? Joy for the Christian is a state of recognition of all that God has done for us. 
Joy has been called the infallible sign of God's presence. It is an enduring presence in the heart that increases as we move ever closer to God. And it remains there even in times of hardship or sorrow. It's present in the heart, bolstering our spirits. So I can feel sad or overwhelmed and still have joy. For I know in Christ that all things will be made new. Our Lord has promised, your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. So as long as we remain close to our Lord, we can maintain this joy. Unless we separate ourselves from its source, from God, nothing and nobody can take away this joy. And I think, in a way, this is part of the reason that John's preaching was so convincing, that people went out from Jerusalem to see him, because he, was, he had this abiding joy. Even though his message was one of repentance, it, it was an intense message. It wasn't necessarily a happy a happy-go-lucky message, but it was full of joy because he knew God, he knew who he was, and he knew that he was proclaiming the salvation that was going to come through the Messiah. He has unshakable faith in God. He knows who God is, he knows who he is in relation to God, he knows God's plan for him and the whole world. And when asked if he is the Christ, he is very happy to proclaim I am not the Christ. This phrase is a pillar of his spiritual life, and I think we ought to make it a pillar of our spiritual life. I am not the Christ. It's something certainly priests have to remember very often. When your entire ministry is the ministry of Christ, you have to say all the time, by the way, I am not the Christ. And thank God, I am not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Savior. I'm his servant. To help illustrate this, consider this. I'm thankful every day that I am not the pastor. Right? To be the pastor, that's a a weight of responsibility. Monsignor Perry is the pastor and I am not. Thank God. Right? I get to do fun priestly things. I get to prepare couples for marriage. I get to hear lots of confessions. I get to celebrate Mass. Right? I don't have to worry about the roof. Thank God that Monsignor Perry is the pastor and I am not, right? There's, he's, he's very good at these things. In a similar way, it's a very imperfect analogy, thank God that God is in charge, that God holds us in the palm of his hand, that we are his children, that God is God and I am not. And when we give our hearts over to the master of all things, He will make all things new. God is in control, and all will be fine. God can do the impossible and is content to do it through me and with me. God is with me, and I have no reason to fear. God is God, and I am not. In God is my hope, and I will never hope in vain, because I know that God is God, and I am not. I am joyful. John came to this realization not out of the blue, but because he was a man of prayer. Because of that time he spent in the desert. Because he put all other things aside in order to speak regularly with God. 
Brothers and sisters, we need not fear the desert of putting other things aside in order to speak with God, in order to have a life of prayer, a consistent life of prayer. Now, we need not go out into the desert and be completely alone in order to pray. But to have that contemplative life in the middle of our own lives, to take some time away from God, to take, there's a good friend of mine, he calls it once a month, he will take essentially a day off of work and he will take a desert day and he just goes and prays all day. He's the father of five children. If he misses a desert day, he's not okay. If we miss our time in the desert, I'm not saying you have to take a desert day, but if we miss our time to speak with our Lord each day, we're not okay. We start to think that I am God and forget that God is. We forget that God is God and I am not. And then we are certainly not at peace. Prayer is the source of John's peace. We should not be afraid of those desert days. When we put things aside to pray, to speak to our Lord, and He will give us the abiding joy of knowing Him, of knowing ourselves in relation to Him, that is, beloved son or beloved daughter of Him, and having the peace of mind at all times when we say, God is God and I am not. I am not the Christ. How many obstacles vanish when in our hearts we place ourselves next to this God of ours, who is the Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the Savior. In prayer, He asks us, what's the matter? And we reply with sincerity, this is what's going on in my heart. At once there is light, or at least the acceptance of his will and inner peace. In prayer at his side, we find our peace and our joy again. Take some time in the desert as we prepare for our Lord. That like John, we may know that God is God and we are not and rejoice.
life to the world to come. Amen. That each member of the church on earth may be watchful and ready for Christ's coming. We pray to the Lord. That the leaders of nations may grant liberty to people who have been unjustly imprisoned. We pray to the Lord. That as witnesses to the new evangelization, we may announce the coming of our Savior by inviting family members, friends, co-workers, and neighbors to share the good news of Jesus, the perfect gift, we pray to the Lord. That the poor and downhearted may hear the good news and know the kindness of active Christians, we pray to the Lord. For an increase of occasions to the priesthood, and the consecrated life, we pray to the Lord. That those who have died may rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. For the personal prayers we now offer to God in the silence of our hearts, we pray to the Lord. Amen.
sacrifice of our worship, Lord, we pray, the altar to you unceasing, to complete what was begun in sacred mystery and powerfully accomplished for us your saving work. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord of the Father, Almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed in his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design he formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation. That when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim.
presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity. Together, with Francis, our hope, and Wilson, our bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may marry to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you for your Son, Jesus Christ.
takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord,